Welcome to the PMC Podcast, brought to you by Rachel Weber Bookkeeping, Neff's Country Corner, Zach Screamery, Montgomery Welding, and all others who have donated to our ministry. Myself and my co-host, Nate Raber, hope you enjoy our episode today as we dive into biblical truths, talk to brothers and sisters in the faith, and explore what God is doing in the lives of his people. We pray today that God would be glorified. All right. Welcome to the PMC Podcast. I'm Josh Fortune Trooper, joined here with my co-host, Nate Raber. A beautiful Friday morning here at Providence. Nate, good morning. Good morning. Coffee's pretty good this morning. Oh, thank you. It's uh, Zach's House Blend, once again, Zach's Creamery, sponsor of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Guest of the show, sponsor of the show. Yes, all the above, all the above, yeah. it's, it's uh, Man, we we talked about it on Sunday, uh, a little bit more stout coffee here on Sunday at, at church. Yeah. Well, PJ put a little extra dose. Of, Somebody dumped a little bit extra. Uh, put in our bag in there on accident or something, but it wasn't the... Uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't. Well, yeah, the, I'm uh, not gonna say I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it wasn't the the brown water, hot water that we normally drink. But usually, I drink a cup of coffee at home, like a normal cup of yes, coffee, and yeah. then drink a half a cup of brown water here <laughs> during Sunday school. That's kind of my routine. Yeah, that's your routine. And I got this. I got the half. <laughs> it was a lot. I don't think I will, I could have took a nap on Sunday if I wanted to. <laughs> uh, pretty stout stuff. Pretty stout stuff. But that's all right. We we got the good stuff here today. We got Zach's house blend. My wife picked it up. Monday, and uh, are you still are you still crushing your own beans? No, I'm not. So um, the reason I'm not, I still have my grinder. Mm -hmm. But the reason I'm not is because now, especially I'm up in the mornings, and too loud. Camden, like an earthquake could go off and Oakland wouldn't wake Mm -hmm. up. In Camden, um, a mouse could run across the floor and Camden could wake up. So I'm not. It's not really worth grinding my beans. Yeah. So what I do is I bought this like vacuum sealed like type of container so i just dump all the so I, they grind it there at zach's okay and then i just take that when i get home and dump it into this shut it and then i can kind of dial it how tight it is so then i can keep it fresher oh so you don't just keep it in the old ziploc bag no no no, no. i bought this uh yeah a little special special coffee vacuum uh-huh. sealed container that uh, keeps it fresh. I just keep mine in the folders jar and put the lid on top. Yeah, it no. says aroma seal, so I would assume like that means you know <laughs> this is legit. Well, I mean aroma seals, basically a Ziploc or basically a vacuum, basically a vacuum yeah, sealed yeah. container. Yeah. Sometimes I just keep the little foil on and fold it back uh, down and put uh, the lid on top. Geez, no wonder it sucks. And yeah. it's delicious. It's delicious. No, that's all right. I can't tell a difference between my ground and this, so I, I'm going to do this a lot easier work for me. I just dump it in and. Yeah, this is good. Here we go. Yeah, it's about three and a half scoops. So I think it's found it found a happy medium with it. So yeah, been pretty good. All right, well, we are uh, Nate and I talk forever, so we're starting a little bit later today. We actually have to work now, so we can't spend forever <laughs> in here talking. So we better dive into it. As you guys know, last week we started our uh, new series called "When I Don't Desire God: How to Fight for Joy." And uh, we kind of talked about why this book, and we went through chapter one where uh, Piper just kind of introduced the topic. And uh, as you probably noticed today, and uh, Nate noticed as he was putting together the, the chapter, there's a lot of repetitive stuff in here. Um, so, but I think it's good because we do focus on two words that he's going to use a lot in this chapter. And two words, Nate, that when I was reading this book, I found uh, I found quite helpful to define what these words were. And that is what our title of our 
episode today is, is what is the difference between desire and delight? So we're going to talk about how these two words are related and how the Bible teaches us to desire God and to delight in God. Uh, two different things that we see here, Nate. And uh, he starts off by giving us several different verses, and we're going to read a lot. And And one thing when we talk about desiring God is a lot of things in the Psalms. Um, you're going to see a lot of that happen there. But uh, one of the key verses that has really stuck out to me and that he uses it several different times as I've been reading through this book is Psalm 73, 25 to 26, which says, whom, in, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The psalmist Nate just crying out to the Lord. And this was a verse that just really struck me when I was reading this. Um, you know when a verse strikes me because I usually, can we, do we call it tweet now or is it post? You exit. You exit. Okay, well, I exited this. <laughs> Uh, I put this verse out on, I'm going to always call it Twitter. I put this verse out on Twitter um, because it really does. It did really affect me in asking me the question, is that, is that what I, is that, could I say that and feel right about it? Is that really my desire that there's nothing on earth that I desire more but God? And, and I think when I read that, I was like, Phew, I don't know if I can say that or not and be completely honest that I desire God more than anything else. I think maybe there's some days maybe, but, uh, as a whole, am I quite there yet? I don't know. And uh, for me, that was kind of a verse that struck me and really made me think about this whole desiring God type of, type of mentality. Yeah. This is a, this is a verse that it's hard to be honest in saying that, you know, there, there's nothing on earth that I desire besides God, right? We always have desires for other things and other people in our lives. Um, Correct, because I think family would probably be yeah the number one thing there that probably competes for that top spot. And so, you know, being honest in, in what we desire and who we desire is is difficult when, we, when we're confronted with a verse like this. And this is one of the reasons I love the Psalms is how honest the Psalms Correct. are. Correct. Right? Yep. The, the they're just pouring out their heart. They're pouring out their heart. They're, they're asking, you know, God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Why, why have you hidden your face from me? Um you know, there's just so many, a wide uh, variety of emotions that the Psalms express. Um, and it's the same emotions that we have today. And so they're so relatable. And that's one of the reasons I love the Psalms, especially praying through the Psalms, is, is you know, just praying back um, those same emotions. Correct. That, that David or whoever wrote the Psalms was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write. Um, just praying back those to God is, is I think it's, it's a, very worthwhile thing to do um, because it it allows us to to kind of feel those emotions that the psalmist is, is having at that moment, um, and it allows us to be honest with God, right? It, I think Correct. sometimes we're not um, we're not comfortable questioning something uh, that's happening in our lives. We're not mm -hmm. we're not question uh, we're not comfortable questioning you know if God is close to us at that moment. But when we see when David writes that. Um, you know, that, that God has hidden his face from him and, and he, David is just crying out and, and asking God to come back uh, near to him, right? And we, we know that it's not God that left, but David that, mm -hmm. that left. Um, and so just, you know, identifying and associating with those emotions is really helpful for me. And it's one of those things that I like to do every once in a while is just pray through those Psalms to, to pray back those emotions. Correct. And there's a book that I have somewhere over there. I can't see it right now. It's just a tiny book, but it's about praying the scriptures in 
a lot of psalms in there. Because if you read that, Nate, we, we always learn how David was a, a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, reading for Psalm 73, 25, 26, uh, Psalm 42, 1, as a deer pants from flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. Um, a, a song that split a lot of churches back in the early 2000s. What, that... As the deer pants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's pa- a, as yeah. a deer panteth. As a deer pantheth. Pantheth. Mm-hmm. Panth- a lot of churches split it, split over that song. Really? Yeah. Because it was, it was, um, it was kind of the beginning of that contemporary is this church history book. No, this just, is just, you just know this. This is just off the top of my head. Okay. Um, it's a northern split. I don't know if it's a northern split, but it, it, oh, it did it, split a it bunch did split of, a bunch yeah. Of, gotcha. Because this was kind of the first, it was like the late 90s, early 2000s. This was one of the first, kind of contemporary Christian music Correct. songs that was sung in churches. And so you had a lot of pushback against kind of the, the, I don't know what the right word is, but kind of the emotion led oh. um, songs being sung in churches versus the old, old school hymns, Correct. which I mean, I would argue also has emotion in it as well. Correct. Um, I feel emotion when I sing some of the old time hymns. But it, it that song has a lot more of, of like I and me, in yeah, that, in yeah. it than, than some of the old psalms do. So a lot of pe- a lot of churches were uh, split over what type of music to sing, and this was and this was one this of the, is kind of the spearhead. Was, yeah. Okay, well, interesting northern church history there. It's not just northern. I don't know. I never, it, didn't, it, rather, it didn't happen down here. Right? Well, it didn't happen. Just <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, it's interesting. That's interesting because there is a lot of emotion in that. I mean, mm-hmm. as you as you see that, like you think about a deer panting for water like needing water so my soul pants for you oh god i think it's huge and then we also see another man that uh, in paul in philippians 3 7 to 8 but whatever gain i had i counted it as loss for the sake of christ indeed i count everything as loss because they're passing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord for his sake i have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that i may gain christ uh, another thing nate when you read the life of paul and you read him uh right there in Philippians three, describe how he counts everything as loss for the sake of Christ. Uh, Paul gave up everything. He gave up status. He gave up his life. He gave up money. He gave up all of all the things that many of us would struggle to give up. Paul gave up and counted them as rubbish mm-hmm. so that he could chase God. So the desiring God, I think is a characteristic of those who are truly in God, in Christ, desiring that that desire comes naturally through that uh, transformation that happens whenever the gospel comes into our lives and changes our hearts. We no longer desire the things of the flesh, but we desire the things of the spirit. And that is the desire that we have for God. Um, did you have anything more on desire? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit more, but, um, and then some examples of delighting in God in Habakkuk three seventeen to 18, it says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Um, if God alone is enough to support joy when all else is lost, that's the miracle of grace. Um, he, he says that line in here, John Piper does. And that's true. So if you look at Habakkuk and you look at, um, you know, a series we did s- several months ago in Job, um, everything that's taken away, we can still find joy in God. Um, that's how we find that's That's how this famous line that people use all the time. Nate's like, ah, oh, man, they're going through struggles. Like, I don't know how people go through this without, without faith. That's the delight that we find in God that no matter what has happened to us on earth, we can still find that joy 
in God, take away everything else, we still have that delight. And that delight is eternal because Christ is eternal. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to worry about that delight. That naturally comes as well when we are transformed into uh, his children. Yeah, there's another verse in Matthew um, when... Uh, Jesus said on a parable in Matthew 13, 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy, he mm. goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Um, and so, you know, just this joy that we see that's delighting uh, in the Lord is is very evident in Scripture. Uh, and we can back that up, obviously, with a lot of Scripture. And so you've got this this kind of dichotomy, these differences between desiring, right? We see the Psalms. Talk about, uh, you know, there's nobody that I desire. There's nothing that I desire besides you, right? Um, you know, everything that 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 I want, I'm desiring you more. And then there's this, this example of delighting, right? Kind of resting and delighting in in what God has done and, and what God will do. And so uh, Piper then goes into several pages of talking about what's the difference between these two Correct. words. Um, and and because we would look at them as different and they are but they work together in the same way yeah and so we're going to get to we're going to get to kind of how they work together but i think the the best way that that piper says uh, kind of explains it and and i think the best way for me to understand is well you know what's the difference between del- delighting and desiring and i think he he does a good job saying delighting is something that we that we're that's happening in the present right we're delighting in this podcast right now um we're delighting in sunday mornings we're delighting in our Correct. in our church body gathering together i'm delighting in this cup of coffee right now yeah right? delighting in our kids mm-hmm. growing up and our family you know what i mean yeah. That, yeah that stuff happening desire then is something that we're hoping for in the future Correct. right we we want something to happen we want something to be a part of our lives in the future, right? I desire my kids to grow up and 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 learn uh, yeah. about about Christ and and to to be saved by His grace, right? I desire our church to keep growing and and um, you know sharing the message of gospel on Sunday mornings and going out and sharing the message of gospel to those that we meet. Mm-hmm. That's something that we desire, right? I, I desire another cup of coffee after this cup of coffee. Um, this particular brand, this cup, I, it's, man, it's a really good cup. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and so, you know, desire is something that we want to happen in the future. Delight is something that's happening right now. And I think biblically, obviously, this is we're, we're called to do both of these. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to our relationship with God, is we're delighting in what we have now and the presence and the sanctification that's happening in our lives. Uh, but we're also desiring for more of that in the future. Yeah, and I think that one story that comes to my mind, when I was reading this uh, oh, several weeks ago, when the difference between the experience in the present and desire being a hope for the future, um, it brought me back to a story that I've really kind of got more familiar with, and that's the death of Lazarus and the, the interaction between Jesus and Martha in that is... Uh, Whenever he, you know, Lazarus passed away and, and they die, and they said, "You will see your brother again." And she said, "Yes, in the in the resurrection, mm-hmm. um, whenever you know we are all resurrected, a desire, a hope for the future that that to come." And then what does Jesus say? He said, "Martha, I am the resurrection." So he brought what a future expectation or hope was. He brought that to them then and now, mm-hmm. 
And that's how Christ operates. He gives us things that we can delight in now. The, 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 you know, the grace and the mercy that we experience every single day is something that we find delight in. Uh, the desire comes in the hope of his return and, you know, him, him bringing heaven to earth. So there's things that we delight in each day, blessings that he's given us, but then there's also that hope. And uh, as Kevin has defined several different times in church before, that hope is not a wishful hope, but it's an expecting hope. It's something that, you know, that desire is, is hoping for something in the future. That hope is not something that we wish for, but it's something that we know is coming and we desire that. Um, as scripture says, we groan with creation for that time to come. So there's that delight and desire, like you said, Nate, should be evident in our lives all the time because there are things in God that we delight in now. And then there are things that we desire that are coming in the future. So I think that that's a good distinction between those two things, but then also tying them together is something that we should be experiencing in our lives as we speak right now. Yeah. And Piper kind of says that's an oversimplification, which I agree, but I think it's, it's helpful to understand and kind of have that, that separation. Correct. Sometimes it's not bad to oversimplify. No. You know me, because no. it helps us, it helps us try to understand exactly what God's calling us to. It helps dumb people like us <laughs> yes. wrap our head around Correct. it. Uh, and so, you know, when we look at delight and desire and, and how this all works together, right? We, we, we look at how do we then kind of tie these two things, two things together. And Piper says the object of our joy is the Lord experienced here and now, right? So, so we're delighting in the Lord here and now. Um, and that final joy of seeing the glory of God and being swallowed up in it has been tasted and the desire for it is the very pleasure of that future enjoyment experience now in the form of anticipate anticipation anticipation there you go (laughs) and so piper says you know we can do both of these right this 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 joy of seeing the glory right this desire that we have we're we're already delighting in that desire right we're delighting in the in the desire of god um resurrecting those um from the dead and and, and to return and and send jesus for, for his second coming right that that's all kind of goes hand in hand in desiring the future, but delighting in that desire for the Correct. future. Correct. Yeah, no, and that's true. And he talks about how that's, that's, that, that can really apply to how we read the Bible. Mm-hmm. The word of God, he, he says is desired in the, in the future, but reading it, there's a desire for more for, of the word of a word and a fuller understanding and enjoyment of the word. So when we read scripture, Nate, we see the benefits of that right away. We see the things that we can delight in, now but then also it's pointing us to a future of how these things will continue to uh became become more known to us or become more uh understood by us and as we see that we desire for that hope you know we desire that the things of god continue to help us uh in growing for those things so desire and delight are really inseparable whenever we begin to really dive into uh, what this is, and I know that as we're as we're talking about this, Nate, this is maybe something for me. I know when reading this book, this is maybe something we never really thought about. Because mm-hmm. um, Piper, I think this this book can get kind of deep when it gets down to it, but it's really it really eye opening to understand these things because I think we experiencing these we experience these things on a daily basis, or at least we should be, and to understand to understand them fully helps us like this is called are we on the right track so when we look at our lives Nate do we truly find delight every day in the presence of God I mean that's truly what we should be finding um you know 
in the midst of whatever trial we may be going through, whatever uh, weariness we may be in right now, do we truly find rest in knowing that God is amongst us and that he is doing those things? And then, too, and in that delight that we find, we see a small glimpse of what is to come in the future. So then that ultimately that small delight that we have in God now points us to that desire of that fullness that is to come. So I think that uh, to separate these two would be doing them a disservice because they truly are working together and can really bring satisfaction to your life when you truly are delighting. And then in that delight, it's pointing you to that desire. And the difference between, um, you know, having this, this, these ideas is inseparable when it comes to God and, 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 you know, the example of coffee we used, right? If, if I'm de- delighting in this coffee right now, I know it's going to end. I know this cup's going to go. Correct. And so I'm going to desire another cup, right? Yep. And then after that cup, I'll desire another cup. And so my desire and my delight are kind of separated when I'm talking about coffee, right? But when, we, when we're when we talking about... Did you about, not listen to Kevin's message Sunday? He says we don't need coffee. I'm not... I'm just using an example. Uh, I'm just, okay. okay, back off. <laughs> It's the only time I disagreed with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but when we're talking about, you know, the creator of the world, the infinite creator of the world, yeah. there's never going to be a time of running out. Absolutely. Right? And so yeah. so when we look at desire and delight, right, there's 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 never going to be a, a moment that, that God runs out or, or I run out of, no, of, of knowledge, yes. right, of God. And so I'm never going to, especially when we're glorified, right? When we, when we, the, our soul always wants more of God, when we're glorified, that's, that's going to be the case, right? We're going to have that Correct. full knowledge and we're not going to have to desire more. We're mm-hmm. going to have a full delight, um, of God. And so Piper says, you know, the intensity of our pleasure and our desire, uh, for God bear witness to his worth to the world, especially when we're freed by this present and hope for pleasure to leave the pleasures of the world for a life of sacrifice and a love of others. And this is really where it comes down. Um, and kind of, we, we, we take this knowledge and, and use it, right? If our, our desires and our delights are for God and, and for God so much more than the earth, than, than those mm-hmm. of, of earthly desires, that's when we're going to look different. Correct. Right? If I, if I desire and delight in God so much that I don't care about, keeping up with uh, everybody around me or, or, or looking like everybody around me or doing the things that everybody around me, people are going to wonder why. Correct. And, and this really is, is kind of the application of kind of these thoughts and, and, and ideas that we're talking about is, is when we fully delight in, in God now and when we continue to desire to know more of God now, those delights and desires are going to be above the delights and desires of the earth. Yeah, and I think that what it comes down to, Nate, is that simple verse that we saw earlier in this in this book. Um, taste and see the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, so when we when we taste of that, just like in your like your coffee analogy, it's like I say all the time. Like I'm a big fan of pizza, so when I tasted pizza for the first time, I still remember it. No, I'm just kidding. But when I tasted pizza for the first time, I saw I I, I experienced delight. So then that's obviously going to bring forth desire for the next time that I eat mm-hmm. pizza. Now, I hate that we're even oversimplifying it even more by using coffee and pizza. 
But so I think that goes back to what you're saying, though, Nate. If you if your desires don't look any different than the world, then my question is: Have you truly ever delighted in Christ to begin with? Mm-hmm. Because if you truly have experienced and tasted God, then you see that it is so. It gives you so much more satisfaction than what the world gives. But when you taste of the world, and like let's just use an example, like I mean, money is used all the time in Scripture. So when you taste of riches. Mm-hmm. And money, the flesh loves that and delights in that. So then the flesh is going to desire more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with uh, lusting. Same thing with uh, gluttony. Same things with um, gossiping. Like whatever the sin may be, when we taste and see that, when we taste the sin, our flesh is going to like that. But that's the difference between fighting off that flesh and understanding what the spirit tasting of God has to offer because what we've, and we talked about this last week and I got into the sex talk and we won't get into it again today. But whenever you taste of the things of the flesh, that delight is temporary and then you need more. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant battle of trying to satisfy your needs all the time. Well, when you taste of God, that's full satisfaction that you never have to have anything else. We have to fight and strive for that, as we're going to be talking about this Sunday. We have to strive for that fight often. We have to you know, fight for that those desires. But, Nate, when, and you know how this is because I know you. When you dive into the Word, like, and, you, and you're tasting what God has for us, yep. you, want to keep, you want to keep going. You want to keep going. But it's that those moments in our lives when we get out of it mm-hmm. and we start to taste other things, then we start going in that direction as well. I mean, it's the same thing with our physical bodies and our spiritual bodies. If I, if I start dieting and I start stop eating sugar, I'm going to start feeling better. So I'm going to delight in that. But the moment that I let my guard down and start eating that sugar again, then I'm going to desire that sugar. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? It's the same thing in our spiritual life. I think that delight and that desire are directly related. Whatever we find ourselves delighting in, that's what we're going to desire. And this is the the difference between Christianity and and every other religion in the world, right? I saw somebody point. on Twitter said, like, you know, Christianity is a, made, a man-made religion. And then somebody tweeted back, or I don't remember what it was, but said, then then, then why does Christianity go against every human, like, like desire, Correct. right? Yeah. Why, why, does, why does Christianity push back against... It is man-made. Jesus <laughs> yeah. is a man why does Christianity push back against basically all of our fleshly desires and say to, to put to death our flesh, right? No other religion really uh, does that. You know, there's some hardcore religions where they just, you know, like don't wear clothes and don't eat. But that's just really for the sake of, of that, right? Because they believe the body body's evil, right? Correct. <clears throat> and so when we look at Christianity um, – Versus, you know, the major religions or, or really any religion you can think of. A lot of those other religions allow for or, or make ways to express those sexual desires. Correct, yeah. expre- express, you know, and I guess, you know, some some quote-unquote branches of Christianity allow you to express your, you know, your desire for money as long as you do it in the in the right way, right? As long as you're giving back to the church. Correct. You can, you, you, Correct. You're going to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Yeah. But Christianity... True Christianity pushes back against all our human desires and all our human delights and says those are not worth what you think it is. Yeah. Delighting and desiring God is, is our ultimate goal. 
And Christianity is the only religion that does that. Correct. That that says our flesh is is that's fighting sinful. against the things of the flesh. Yes, exactly. And that's what he gets to right here. He says, you know, there will always be more of God to enjoy. So we kick ourselves that our cravings for lesser things compete with God for our souls. So you know, the things that are lesser are the things of the flesh. Like you said, Nate, it's it's that's a great point because if it was a man made religion, then wouldn't we desire the things of the man, like man, like wouldn't we want things that make man happy? But that's not what it is. Well, a great example would be Mormonism, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, the the sexual desire to have yeah seventeen wives. Yeah. Right. That you know, if 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 John Smith, you know, was a true prophet, it, there would not be seventeen wives, right? He he was following his sexual pleasures and yeah. desires and delights, and so he he creates his own set of rules to allow him to follow those desires. Yeah. Well, and I think whenever we find ourselves, like he mentioned here, when we find ourselves in that, um, and we find ourselves desiring other things more than we feel bad, right? We kick ourselves. And he said, that's called godly grief. Uh, because we realize Nate, that we do have things in our lives that would take the place of God. Um, and for me, like I always go back to my family and I know whenever we say that, it's like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. You know, but look at it. What did, what did Christ what did Christ say to the disciples? You must hate your brother, hate your sister, hate your, you know what I mean? Like you're supposed to hate them and love me. Like that's, that's, that's what, it's not a competing thing with our families and God. We don't desire anything of this world more than God. That's what it's, that's what it comes down to. But then when we experience God, Nate, it, it, we, we always want more. He says there, the finite soul will always want more of God than it presently experiences. So whenever you truly are transformed, when you're truly uh, transformed by the gospel and God softens your heart and you begin to desire the things of God, a truly transformed uh, heart will continue to want more, Mm -hmm. will continue to desire more. Um, For me, Nate, this is a great example for me to see that, you know, we always look for that evidence in our lives. You Mm -hmm. know, we look at that evidence in our lives. That's for me. Like when I start diving into scripture and I start, I, like, I, I, I have this desire, like every moment I have, I want to continue to see what more of God that God has. Um, and the more I do that, the more I realize how little I know about God and how more I want to know about God. Um, and then this will ultimately change when we're glorified. Like mm-hmm. there was going to become a time, Nate, where we're not going to desire the things of God. And I know when I say that, like, hold up a second. We're not going to desire the things of God because there's that full fulfillment's going to come. Well, we're going to be experiencing everything in God. And, and when that's when we're in heaven and that'd be the only thing that we delight in. So that desire will go away because it's not going to be anything that we hope for, mm-hmm. but it's going to be something that's there. So then we get to delight in God forever. And I just think that that, that was a cool, that was a cool point that Piper yeah. made too. Yeah. And so then he, he goes on and talks about, you know, sometimes the end goal uh, is just this desire or delight, right? Sometimes we just we're just longing for those feelings, those affections, yeah, yeah. right? And and we forget what we're actually finding our joy in. We we just stop at having joy, but we don't remember the the source of that joy, right? We we he says our goal is not the high affections in themselves, this delight and and, and desire, but our our goal should be to say see and savor the light for the gospel who is the image of God, right? We, we should pursue Christ, not just the joy that, that Christ gives us. And I think that, that we fall into that a lot as well, right? We, we, we use God, we use Christ to, to meet our 
joy and, and to feel good. But we often forget that source of that joy and Correct. that source of feeling good. Well, and that's why I think that in, in our presentation of the gospel, we need to be careful that it's not like, hey, come to come to God and everything will be better. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the reason why we come to God. You know what I mean? And even they, and when we go through trials, it's like, oh, man, you know, I, I don't know how people go through this without without faith. Like, are we are we really seeking God in that or are we just seeking relief from our trials? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the thing I think. Piper's getting to here, and that's where it gets really deep, you know. But uh, like you said, our our goal is not high affections in themselves, but to see and savor the light of the gospel, who is the image of God. That's where I feel like it needs to get down to is we pursue God. We pursue Christ, but we don't necessarily pursue that happiness or joy that comes in our lives. So those, I think we can be very guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, because it makes us feel good. Those residual effects of that joy, we, we stop there and we, we stop at that feeling. And we don't pursue beyond that. Feeling, Correct. Right? Yeah. And so Piper then kind of uh, defends himself, right? He says, well, if this is the case, you know, why, why in the world do we care so much about joy? Why do, why do we, why are we fighting for, why it? are we fighting for this joy? Why are we putting all our effort into fighting for joy? And he gives us three reasons. And the first one is, well, scripture commands us to, to find joy right. and to rejoice in the Lord, right? So we just read a verse where it says, "Rejoice again, in the Lord." And again, I say, "Rejoice." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's there. And so that's that's the first command, right? We're we're told to rejoice in the Lord. So so if we we if we'd stop there, right, we we would fight for for joy in Christ because the Bible says so. Number two, he says, and this is Piper's tagline, right? Mm-hmm. God is most glorified in us. When we are most satisfied in him, when we find that satisfaction, when we find that desire and the delight and rest in that desire and delight, and we're not trying to search that for whatever else earthly thing that's giving us desire and delight, that's when God is, is most glorified. And, and this kind of leads into that last point that he says, he says, and I think this is the best kind of summary of why, um, fighting for joy and having joy is very important. He says, people are not awakened to how desperate their condition, their heart condition is until they measure their hearts by Christian hedonism, right? This, this self abandoning, um, giving up everything and, and finding that satisfaction in him. If we're not measuring our hearts by that, we're going to measure our hearts by everything else. Correct. And, and we're going to seem pretty okay if we're measuring our hearts by a lesser standard. Correct. And I think that that's the important thing, Nate, is, is he mentions in here that God and God alone is the final and ultimate goal of our quest. Mm-hmm. I can find myself guilty in this sometimes, you know, um, what is, what is my goal in trying to be the best husband that I can be? Is it just to be the best husband I can be? Is it, is, is my goal to try to be the best pastor I can be to exercise, exegite the, the passage the best that I can? Um, is my, is my goal to be the best worker, best teacher I can be? Is it to be the best father that I can be? Um, what is the goal? So then I'm reading in scripture or I'm reading these books in how to understand how to be the best Christian fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. But in the reality, Nate, I'm not really seeking God in that. I'm seeking the best for myself in that. Um, so, you know, how can I, how can I find more peace? Okay. Well, that that's, those are all, whether it's seeking to be a better husband, father, worker, whatever it may be, those are all results of seeking God. Mm-hmm. And I think that we get the cart before the horse sometimes and say, okay, I want to seek this and not necessarily understand who the source of that is. So when we seek God, we see those things change in our lives. But when we just seek that, we're missing out on 
what the ultimate quest is supposed to be. And when we do that, hey, we're missing out on the fullness of joy that we can find in God. And that is the gospel. I mm-hmm. mean, it truly is the gospel that moves us and changes us. And uh, when we're seeking the, the the gifts of God rather than just him himself, I think that's where we can find ourselves in trouble. Yeah, and I think the 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 kind of theme verse of you know, Christian hedonism is what we read in Psalm 73, right? There's nothing on earth that I desire mm-hmm. besides you. And so if we measure our heart and our desires based on that, based on Christian hedonism, is there nothing else that I desire and delight in? If we don't measure with that, we're, we're not going to understand, you know, that we've got other desires and we've Correct. got other delights. Yeah. And how those are all just measured in our desire for God. So I think that that's, that's really kind of the main point we want to bring out today is desire God, seek him, see what he has for you. And I think you'll start to see those other things come into your life, but make sure that he is at foremost at the foremost, your biggest desire. So, all right. Thank you guys for joining us again until next week. I'm Josh Wunderschuber with Nate Raber. God bless.